0: Well, a pleasure. I have Laura Brown on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'm on her podcast too right now. This is Laura Brown with your Cosmic Tour Guide, which is her podcast.
1: Oh, yeah. And I'm I'm here with (laughs) Awake with Siobhan. So we're going to be doing a little simultaneous um, interviewing, we think, and kind of go with the flow.
0: Yes, that's wonderful. So this is two podcasts in one. This is a just a really good deal.
1: Yeah, double the bang for your buck, right? Well, yeah, I not your buck so much, that's but I, oh,
0: that's a good idea. Your, I'll start charging one dollar yeah. per episode. Easy.
1: There you go. Fifty cents well, a dollar.
0: I've done a little bit of creeping on you. And um <laughs> you are among other things, you have you said thirty years of of uh learn and teach 20 20 years mm-hmm. okay yeah and uh but among other things certified meditation teacher certified sound frequency healer level 3 kundalini teacher which i'm sure i'm sure you had to go through level 1 and level 2 to get to level 3 yeah and morphogenetic morphogenetic field work healer
1: yeah, that that's a mouthful, huh? Yeah, that, was, that sounds
0: <laughs> very amazing. Uh, earth medicine, energy medicine, and that was like uh, half of your list, maybe less than half of your list. So, yeah, um, uh, let me ask you this, and then you can go wherever you want with this. Um, my topic is awake. What mm-hmm. is it to be awake, really? And that's a, a very wide term. What What is yeah. What does that mean for you in your twenty years of seemingly that topic
1: yeah, enlightenment, awakening, ascension, you know, I kind of feel like they're all you know you know they're all terms that can fall under the same umbrella um and for me, to be awake symbolizes that we're living a more conscious life, that we are aware that we're more than our earth suits, that we are aware that there is, you know, natural laws of this universe that, you know, mainstream, you know, those in control may not necessarily have You know, discovered, or in my view, they've discovered them and they just don't find them to be as financially lucrative as other (laughs) forms of, uh, you know, ways of living. Um, And I, I feel like to be awake is to also lead from the heart. You know, we're always told, like, use your head, think about it. And it's like, well, our heads, you know, our brains are beautiful. and They do wonderful things. They keep my liver flowing, you know, doing what it does. I don't have to tell my kidneys to do what my kidneys need to do. But aside from that, you know, unless it's the programming from the subconscious, it really has no context for solving some of the the complex questions and, and situations we put before it. So, I feel like to be awake is to know that we kind of need to drop out of the head a little bit and drop into the heart and to really tap into that inner divine spark that exists within there and let that be the guiding force that drives us forward.
0: Mm. So when you go from the head to the heart, uh, what does that feel like? Because I... Would imagine there's a lot of people, maybe most people, it could be a judgment that are in that are in their head. Uh, I know mm-hmm. I I've I can tell. Uh, well, for me being in the head, I can't tell until until <laughs> I uh, until you're
1: there. Until I
0: Remember, <laughs> uh, and one of the clues one of the clues for me that is not that I realize it on my head, but it's just that I'm stressing. Uh, I'm stressing about something Mm -hmm. or um, I'm in the future and I'm kind of a in a striving planning mode like I'm striving Mm -hmm. for something and then I realize oh wow I'm I'm totally I've totally made up this world in my head Mm -hmm. so so how do you first of all how do you know you're in your head and then second how do you get into a heart space
1: well, I think that there's a couple of ways that you know that you are in your head and several of them are the ones you mentioned where you're kind of future projecting and or what I call future tripping um, when you're stressed and you're going through the multitudinous what if this, what if that, what if aliens steal my bike, like it's just this round table, you know, <laughs> I call it the hamster wheel sometimes of what ifs. That's a very clear sign that you're in the mind and probably in the negative ego, which exists also within that construct. Dropping, um, I always say too that being a part of your mind, you can tell because the thoughts are linear. Meaning, I, you know, uh, I'm hot. Oh, you know, I would really like to cool down. Ooh, an ice cream would cool me down. Oh, you know, I, I want an ice cream. I'm gonna go get an ice cream. Like there's a process. One thought, fo- one thought kind of follows the other. When we drop into the heart and we access that inner divinity, we access, you know, the um, higher self. We don't have, especially as me as a channel, which is why dropping into the heart is so important for me. Is that the thoughts aren't linear you know they're kind of just random things that pop into your head you know and you're kind of like oh uh, all right and you write that down because you know there was no preceding thought that kind of you know had that train of thought like we just talked about um what it feels like to me is very freeing because i'm a pisces sun but i'm a full moon baby with a virgo moon and a virgo ascendant and for those of you who don't know what that means like Pisces is all about like the psychic the intuitive the go with the flow it's all about the peace man and Virgos are super analytical all up in their head all you know about planning organization rigidity all of that so i totally understand that fight from heart to brain but for me it feels like freedom because i'm not expecting my sometimes distorted subconscious you know part of myself that that has distortions from life etc um attempting to drive the the course of my life and instead i'm moving into a place where i feel much safer i feel much more connected to my truth and i feel much more connected to the ability to tune into how i'm feeling because typically if i can tune into what i'm feeling and it's in opposition to all the nerve-wracking what ifs or what have you that's going up on you know within the mind sector I can I I can make a judgment call and I'm always going to choose my feeling over you know kind of that hamster wheel of the mind. So it gives me that freedom from having, you know, should I do this? Should I do that? What if I do this and I fail? Like the heart really doesn't have that same kind of process. It's much more direct. It's much more connected to the inner divinity within, and it's much more connected to our consciousness. So we... Are able to drop and even just tuning into, okay, what is my heart feeling now? What is my body feeling? And letting that be our guide, it is incredibly freeing because we don't suffer from the indecision. We, you know, we don't suffer from as much stress. You know, we are still humans having a human experience. So, you know, we're still going to have those moments. But the awareness of knowing, oh, shit, that means I'm I'm totally up in the mind. That's where we get the choice of either staying there or pivoting and kind of going down into the body, going into the heart, checking in with what is felt, and allowing that to be our guide. And it's an almost instantaneous sense of calmness that comes over you um, when you make that pivot. What is...
0: Is there a practice or um, a technique that you use to, to go into your heart space?
1: Usually at this point, for me, it's quite autonom- atomical. When I When I notice, you know, because again, I don't think as humans, especially, you know, when we're kind of, not even kind of, we've been conditioned to be very mentally focused, and we've kind of been disconnected from our feeling nature. Um, When I notice and I have the awareness that I am in the mind, I, number one, will try if I can go and meditate. Even just the process of meditation leads me into the heart. And I can drop down, I can activate my light body, I can move into the heart, I can ask my higher self, you know you know what is the right path for me, et cetera. Um, if I have the time to do that, then that's my preferred choice, but otherwise, what I do when I notice that is I simply you know close my eyes for a second and just you know picture almost like. Literally, there is a string of energy that's moving down into my heart and is expanding. And there's a process I lead a lot of my Ascension students through that is about activating that divine, I call it the divine diamond or fractal of source within. Um, and activating that and activating the heart torus and and expanding that and i 've done it for so long that I can do it rather autonomal and and let it you know just kind of flow and go, and that helps me to root myself into that place, but never underestimate, and I think maybe you know you share your feelings on this. We we have a lot of tendency to go practices. You know what rituals do you do? What practices do you do? What's your method? I am a huge believer that sometimes all we need is intent. I am in, I'm up in my head. I'm stressing out. I'm doing the what ifs. My intention is to drop down into the heart. And to check in with how I'm feeling, to check in with what my heart's telling me. And that can sometimes be, especially if we're in a you know a public setting, if we're on the fly, that is no less powerful of a practice than any of the other ones that I've mentioned or any of the other ones that are out there. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know how you feel about that, but that's to me, intention is really where it all begins.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes, I do agree. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you you help people in general uh, live their their best life.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Is that a good summation of your intention when you're working with people?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in fact, I was just talking to my publicist yesterday because she wanted to do like a whole you know, from start to finish story, you know, like, tell me about your life. Um, And I explained, you know, afterwards, I was like, you know, my biggest thing is that I was on the road of being, you know, just your stereotypical, you know, small town girl. And I was on the same road of making many of the mistakes that my parents did and what you know, small generations town. before. Gaylord, Michigan. Which wow. is close to like, we always use the mitt when we talk about Michigan. So it's like upper, lower. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Up, lower mitt. Yeah, upper, lower mitt. Um, you know, so I was well on my way to being that, that typical stereotype. And I, I I just made the decision that I, you know, I I always did want better for myself. I think I spun out a little bit because of some certain life experiences, but then I I kind of realigned and I got into the work that I did. I mean, I, I started this work when I was, uh 20. And I started it um, just before my my eldest son was born. And I just made the decision that I want something better for myself and I want to provide something better for my children. And so I, you know, I, I went through all the hard work. I did all the hard work. I, you know, did the shadow work. I learned the modalities. I, you know, I was willing to get my hands dirty. I'm still willing to get my hands dirty. I'm a lifelong learner and I'm living a life now that I never in my wildest dreams expected. And so I always tell the people that I work with, and they are predominantly women, I always say to them, you know, I I don't care where you've come from. You know, my my interest is not so much in what you've done in your past, who you've been in your past, the mistakes you've been in your past, because we've all been there. But if I can overcome the things that I did then there is no way that you can't do the same if you're truly committed to. And through the various modalities that I have, they are capable of shedding all of that old trauma, shedding all of those limiting beliefs, shedding all of just what no longer serves them and the density of their being, and kind of reclaiming their sovereignty to decide Okay, if I don't have to believe that I have to be stuck in this one position, where do I want to go? What's my new truth? What's my new story? And then I guide them on implementing and anchoring that into their life because every one of us came here to live our best lives.
0: So new new story that presupposes there was already a story running before that most people didn't know it was a story. They thought this is just how it is. Yeah. This is just how yeah. it is. It has to be this way. It's always been this way. Yeah. And so, we, exactly. so you're saying we can have a new story. Which would oh, absolutely.
1: Be <laughs> which would also be good.
0: But it would also be made up. We're making that up as well.
1: Well, I don't think the story, I don't think either story is made up. I okay. think... I think the narrative slash story, and I use those words kind of interchangeably, is predicated and built around the experiences we've had thus far. So, you know, those who've had a great upbringing, wonderful parents, you know, who were fortunate to just have that kind of start in life, they are more than likely to have a positive, More expansive narrative or story. Those like myself who grew up um, very poor, who grew up with alcoholic parents, who grew up in a small town, you know, who dealt with family kidnapping when I was young, clearly my narrative was predicated on some pretty heavy stuff and and was predicated on what was modeled before me which really made me feel like i i, I don't know that i can accomplish anything more than what I'm seeing before me. Um, Maybe that's all there is to life. So I I don't think that it's made up. I think that it is built upon our upbringing. I think it's built upon, you know, what it is that we see modeled before us. And when it comes to implementing a new story, it's us opening up and saying to ourselves, what, if I could become who I really want to become, who would that be? if i could you know if if i could build a life that made me feel peaceful secure stable what would that look like what would that take what changes would that make you know so so you're implementing the things that are now creating that new narrative that you tell about yourself so instead of being limited and held back by what you were modeled or what you saw modeled you now are reclaiming your sovereignty and saying you know what I'm no longer going to accept that as my truth I can do this I can can do that and I'm going to do it. Um, That's the
0: new so, story though. That sounds like you're making up a better story.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I guess, like I said, it, it's not so much, I think the makeup word is, is hanging up. I'm getting hung up on. Okay. Um, it's more of like the, the creation of, um, you know, that they are in fact creating a new existence for themselves and, and, owning the fact that they can.
0: I got it. So what does it mean to unveil your divinity? Because that's one of the things too that goes along with the, the best life
1: hmm I have a belief that we all have a divine fractal within us, that we are not separate from source, uh, God, goddess, whatever you call it, um, whatever word feels comfortable. I kind of see them as all being um, facets of the same diamond. Um, but I believe that we all have an aspect of that within us, and that we are here and we are connected to that larger aspect of source. And when we, uh, or rather, let's back it up and say how we unveil that is by acknowledging that we are divine, by acknowledging that we live in this 3D paradigm that inherently, and I would say very intentionally Tries to keep us from being awake, you know, and and I would love to hear what you think about that when when I'm done. Um. But I, I feel like by opening and accessing that divinity and expanding it and beginning to see that, oh, I'm not separate from that source. You know, whomever I've prayed to, to whomever I've appealed to, to whomever I've begged in those moments of deep trauma and pain, that, you know, whatever power or attributes that I attributed to them. I contain a part of that within myself which means that I don't have to muscle my way through, you know, this life. I don't have to, you know, bend over backwards for everything that I desire. I don't have to resign myself to the way it was. I can actually activate that within myself. I can actually tune my frequency to that divine level and I can actually begin to magnetize to myself what it is that I desire. Um, but I, you know, I am, I'm very curious, you know, obviously, you know, being awake is central to your show, you know, what does that mean to you? And in terms of that, you know, do you feel that we live in a world that, you know, kind of very systematically and maybe even intentionally tries to keep us from that state of awakeness?
0: Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) Uh, I I'm trying to figure out where to where to start with such a, a big question on my own. Um, <laughs> awake, well, there's different levels of awakeness, right? It's kind of like mm-hmm. I'm unconscious, and then I'm and then um uh, groggy, but I I'm still in the dream. To use the yeah, I call
1: the blinkers we're yeah, blinking so open our eyes. <laughs> the,
0: the blinkers, yeah. So I don't even know. I don't even know. I'm becoming conscious. I'm still thinking I'm in the dream and and then and then I'm awake, and then I'm functioning now as an awake person as an analogy, mm-hmm. uh, and so I get up and start making my coffee, and then I start having images and remembrances of the dream I just had, and then I can start to wonder that same structure, that same technology basically that allowed me to have a dream could be the same as as allowing me to be what i think is awake and so that that realization that the start of it for me is that realization of uh that's that that structure that allows both happenings to happen uh is is not me like i'm not the dream and i'm not what i thought was awake and if i'm not either one of those then that begs a really big question of of what am I, and it seems to me through my own journey that uh, that it's it's just all and it. it's it's all for the experience. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm learning I'm learning about myself and not the self that is named Javon uh, that has a um, uh, egoic structure that will end at some point. But the self that, that has no end and has has no beginning, infinite, infinite creator. And mm-hmm. that that is also me uh, from the context of me me sitting here in my in my body, my physical body, incarnated, my little machine running around. Uh, so <laughs> you're It's the <too>. <laughs> big existential question of of meaning. What what does it mean? And and for me it's everything quickly came to that question of what's it for why why are we doing this what what's it so what and it it just nothing made sense except for except for god except for divinity except for Mm -hmm. infinite creator this is this is all for the sake of having experience and, and learning about myself and expanding infinitely and so so then it's there's there's no uh this is necessarily uh well anyway go ahead
1: no i love it in fact i was taking some notes because it's so interesting synchron the synchronicity um i'm creating a a self-paced ascension program and Several of the things you just mentioned were in it are, are what I were, was creating yesterday. Um, talking about the ego, emotion, and mind, which is what we create as humans in order to be able to function within this, you know, human existence. Um, and we are the creator. You know, we. We are the the divine you know that fractal is within us, and just because it may be a fractal, it's no less you know powerful than you know anything else out there um i I kind of see you know my interpretation is is like this notion you know if we look dimensionally like the first dimension would be that source had an idea, like an idea. And the second is source having then an intention. And the third is making the intention into a reality. Um, And and that's kind of where we've been and where we've been kind of stuck in, but it was more or less because source was interested and there's, from what I've channeled, there's multitudes upon multitudes of fractals that sources send out to all these various galaxies that have different intentions. And uh, from what I've channeled and learned, you know, earth's intention is, is that unconditional love and is the, you know, w- which if you think about it is almost the antithesis of of you know the society and reality that we live in i mean yes we have pockets of of people who have that sense of unconditional love but by and large there's a lot of divisiveness and a lot of Mm -hmm. you know heavier energies we'll put it um that are promoted and even you know acted out more so than the original intent which which is all because source had an idea you know and and like any you know when you have an idea and it inspires you and it enlivens you you want to see it come to you know fruition Mm -hmm. um and so I feel like there there is a consciousness to this existence, you know, learning about who we are, I think re-remembering who we are, which requires that we begin to sort of unhook from the ego and from, you know, the emotions in the mind a little bit, because a lot of us come, I believe, into this incarnation um, really dominated by by the past lives that we've lived you know that we may not remember but our soul our divinity remembers and so we kind of already have this inherent programming that can sometimes you know either work for us or work against us mm-hmm. um so but i like the idea that you mentioned you know, that we have the unconscious, we have what, you know, like I said, the blinkers, they're just beginning to open their eyes, you know, um, and, and then we're kind of in the dream. And, you know, and, and then we feel like we're the awake person. And and I I agree in the sense, you know, like, is it all an illusion? Like, you know, we're told multiple times that we live in a holographic universe, that the only reason that any of these things exist is because we observe them as existing the way that we do. Um, And and I'm curious kind of what you think about that in the sense that, you know, if the same technology or construct or however implant template, whatever we want to call it, you know, can create the dream, you know, state and can create the awake state, you know, then, then are we allowed to kind of go through each of those processes? Do we kind of hop in and out of them? Mm-hmm. You know, do we kind of, you know, do we have the freedom to say, you know what, today, I don't want to be awake. Today just feels too heavy. Today just feels like too much. I'd, I want to go back to the dream state and I want to go back to... Right.
0: Put me this, back in the matrix. Know
1: yeah to be back in the matrix you know, or is our you know or is the the ultimate design is to you know to continue to even move beyond you know the 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 illusion theory you know to you know, going beyond just being awake, but but being literally unified mm-hmm. um, with source yeah. or with higher self. And
0: awake is just realizing the game. That's not the mm-hmm. end, uh, and it's very it's. I think it's humorous, almost to to have a goal of realization or awakening or enlightenment. It's like, that's inevitable, man. Inevitable. The, you, all you got to do is die, and then you're there. You're going to see <laughs> the whole game so that's a that's a that's a very small goal in my opinion is is awakening um it's just seeing the game and so what are we why are we here what is the game or what is the purpose then if it's inevitable which i believe it is this thing called awakening or enlightenment um i there's a there's a, a spiritual work called the law of one that gave a lot of good language i liked i liked it a lot and uh, it's, it talks about how uh, the law of one is that we are all one. We all come from and are the infinite creator. And there was the first distortion that happened. And that first distortion was that of free will, yes. that, of, uh, that of we're going to do stuff. And, and to create and do and move, which ends up being the second and third distortion of, of uh, infinite energy, which is really love, it's really what love is, and then and then the logos, which is uh, mm-hmm. the which is the uh, the the matrix of creativity. It's that which is making uh, all of that started happening from that first distortion. Now it's interesting that it's called distortion because what it is, uh, first distortion and free will, synonymous terms, <laughs> meaning that. <laughs> My free will is the law of, I'm sorry, it's the law of confusion. I'm confused to think it's free will just, and the reason is everything is God. Everything is this infinite creator. Everything is that same stuff. And so I think that I'm choosing something. I think I'm choosing to raise my arm or start a podcast or, or uh, defend myself or learn how to fight so that someone doesn't beat me up in the alley or start a (laughs) healing ministry or, you know, all this stuff that I think that I'm choosing, but it that's part of the distortion of me thinking that I'm separate and I have all these thoughts. I think the thoughts are mine. Of course they're mine. They come from my my mind. Where else would they? I think these feelings are mine, and all these things are are really just happening and I'm watching and the ego, e- ego, the separate thing that I call me, grabs it and says, That's me, that's mine. I created it. And all of that is beautiful. And perfect and the game is awakening at least the start of it is just seeing that oh wow yeah, that's not me wow this is this is a wonderful beautiful game for for what for what to learn about to learn about me that's the whole thing is, is just to learn more about me because of that first distortion of free will in that it's really the logos, all these creative parts of God, these embers of God that are burning so bright that they create universes—they are creating stuff. And I think God learns in that way. Not that.
1: Oh yeah. I don't know. I don't it,
0: know yeah. how it works, to be honest. But that's the gist of it all, and why we're here. Simply put, well, I think why we're here to go my uh, micro here is to choose whether we're going to choose a path of serving others or serving self both of which can serve the infinite creator for our own experience and we can evolve going either way personally service to others is a much in my opinion is a much um, uh, easier path <laughs> it's, <fair. laughs> it's a much easier path and so my whole work, then, from morning till night, it's summed up as, like you said at the beginning, is my intention to love and serve. And, and I can't control the outcome of that. It's who knows what the outcome of that. People get pissed off for the weirdest things. So I can't control other people's reactions and, and opinions about my work. But like you said, my intention is to love and serve. And then I have to be rigorous and honest with myself. What is my intention? Is it to look good? Is it to look like a spiritual person? Uh, I'm really good at looking like a spiritual person. I'm really good at morphing into the kind of spiritual person that you want to see. You know, it's like I get really <laughs> tricky. I can manipulate really subtly, and people can applaud my manipulation. But I know.
1: Shape shifting.
0: <laughs> right. But I know my intention. So that's it. I don't have to worry about what's going to happen after I die. We're going to be enlightened. It's inevitable short answer is my job is to intend love and service and to and to obey what that looks like the actions that occur and then just to watch
1: that's interesting that you say that because what what i teach and what i channel is what i call modern ascension which is what i was told is that the process of awakening enlightenment transformation evolution ascension however you want to call it is an embodied state Mm -hmm. um that we don't have to leave our mortal our mortal coil in order to you know reconnect with source to Mm -hmm. know like you said that we are source um to know that we're all divine creators um and to be able to create the paradigm shifts within this society within the global collective you know the conscious collective with you know the awareness of who we really are yeah and and so i feel like you know my first teacher and this really resonated you know reminded me that our intention and our purpose for coming down here was to have to enjoy ourselves you know creator didn't put us down here to suffer you know yeah we had certain things in our blueprint that you know were instrumental to learning particular lessons but ultimately even difficult lessons were meant to you know, create a, a positive outcome, even if that was, we were made stronger or we learned, you know, something about ourselves or we learned something about somebody else or how the world works, you know, um, you know, she really emphasized the notion that, you know, we're allowed to have joy. We're allowed to you know, to be childlike curious, no matter if we're five or 50, you know, we're allowed to see the magic and the miracles and the synchronicities that take place all around us every single day, that is magic in action. Um, And it was really kind of, you know, the other teacher that I worked with you know, she reminded me that, you know, serv- or I should say he actually, that service to self and service to others, um, they almost have to exist simultaneously. Meaning that, and, and again, you know, everybody has their own truth. So I'm not saying this to debate or to change your mind, but it's more like, you know, I'm allowed to be in service to myself. I am allowed to do my inner work. I am allowed to enjoy this life and its fruits and to live an abundant life. However, I define that. Some people define it very simply. Then you got like the Kardashians who define it totally differently. Um, But, you know, uh, I'm allowed to be in service of self, but you don't want to be in any one area you know too long or in too much of an imbalance you know it's like all of life even relationships nothing is ever always 50 50. sometimes it's 80 20 but it's not meant to stay 80 20. you know it's meant to eventually find its way back to equilibrium and that ultimately the ways in which i can be in benefit of myself also allow me to enrich and empower the ways in which i show up in service of others if that makes sense
0: yeah let, let me define a little bit there because uh the law of one has some unique definitions of those mm-hmm. that i threw out there and i didn't really define uh the the a good archetype of service to others um well a person in history to service to others was was Jesus? So Jesus mm-hmm. came, and that guy came and poured his life out completely to service. And the right. end result of service to others without uh, without any limits is is usually martyrdom. And that's that's what happened with that uh, with, with his. And that was that was the choice that he came. In. And that's why he came is to is to to model that. Uh, and yeah. service to self, though, there's also some people that modeled that and. The couple that the Law of One talks about is uh, Rasputin and Genghis Khan. Mm. <laughs> so can, the the mm. polarity differences there of those, uh, those uh, uh, I guess, <laughs> archetypes, right? And, here's, yeah. and, and the interesting thing about the whole thing is that they, that they, they say that they're both in service of the infinite creator. Be, and the reason is, if I'm in service to self and I, my main tool is control and separation, Uh, control and um, manipulation and separation and um, uh, domination right that's service to self the end result not just hey i'm gonna have a spa day but the world is for me and you are a pawn in my world and the thinking behind it is i'm you know the part of me that's, is, that's the only part that's real is the infinite creator. So why not have every other illusions bow down to me? And this is going to be a great experience for the infinite creator. And that makes sense. It does, but it's just a harder road. It's a very hard road to go down that. It's very difficult to ascend uh, for a lot of reasons. If, I mean, it's kind of beside the point. I think that um, it's a beautiful road, though, to have a service to self. However, both require... A choice. You, it's not right. an accidental thing to ascend by using a model. It requires much of us to choose to service others in our moments and it requires much of us also to be super consistent and only serving ourselves. And when we are in the middle of, I'm just going to take care of me, you know, uh, whatever for everybody else, to I really want to make a difference in the world, and we flop back and forth to those extremes. Uh, That's what I believe Jesus was talking about when he said, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Not because God doesn't love us. The infinite creator isn't part of us. It's just uh, we're just going to keep redoing this thing called human and we don't get a chance to ascend and move on.
1: Interesting. Yeah, that actually reminds me of something that I just saw the other day. Um, and it was a video of somebody talking about how, <laughs> and, and, and I'm not trying to get political here, but they said that Trump was a light worker.
0: Uh
1: huh. And at, at, at first I was like, come again, <laughs> you know, it's like, but then I listened and I realized, you know, we do all kind of, in my belief, come into this earth with a blueprint and, you know, You know, whether it's service to self in such an extreme and balanced way, or it's in service of others to another extreme and imbalance, that, you know, and and anything in between, like we all have our blueprint, and there's all something that we learn that Source learns, but also that can potentially ripple out. And whether energetically or otherwise, throughout you know the world, the universe, et cetera, um, and the collective consciousness. And as I was listening to her explain, like, look at the different things that have been revealed. Look at the different things that have fallen apart. Look at the different things that you know. And she listed all these things, and I was like, oh, that's you know. I went from kind of like, come again to. Oh, you know, like, you know, perhaps, you know, the divinity within him, you know, because again, that's what I teach is that if it doesn't matter whether you like them, know them, you may even really dislike them. But if you look in their eyes and you accept and not just trust, but know within your bones that we're all divine beings, that we all are infinite creators and and source, then you can see that spark in their eyes too. And, you know, she was trying to explain that we, you know, perhaps he came in, you know, the divine part of him came in with this blueprint to be this person, to initiate what is being initiated Mm. and to, you know, shift all these things. And I, and I just found that a creative pivot. Um, you can from the more it, traditional, you know, the more traditional and more
0: oh, conventional
1: sure. ways that he's um you could take us further same. and
0: and start saying that I, you know, you've heard I am that I am, that that expression. Mm-hmm. Uh well uh my brother Jonathan, he he started saying, I am that I am, like pointing out different people. I am that I am, I am that I am, you know, and if we are all from the same creator, then these different I ams, these even the giant egos (laughs) there that are trying to dominate. And sometimes the committed service to self, uh, people that are literally would love to dominate and control you and kill you if necessary, because you're a pawn in their game. If I could say I am that I am as well, uh, and engage with them as the infinite creator, I can still have wisdom, right? I don't have to lay down my life, uh, to martyrdom, which is the end of love without wisdom, uh, not that that's bad at all. It's just a progression of love to the extreme, wisdom to the extreme will also separate. Right, an archetype of of wisdom uh, without the the love mixed in that Jesus simplified is the Buddha. The Buddha mm-hmm. uh, w- was uh, a beautiful archetype of wisdom, but then there's there's a another evol- evolution that happens though of of love and wisdom. Uh, Melding and becoming, as we progress further to the infinite Creator, what does that look like? I don't, I don't know. We don't, I don't, I don't have anybody to talk. (laughs) But, but wow! Can I look at Trump and say I am that I am as well, and see him as part of the infinite Creator? And and we're forgetting though, man. How much mercy can I have on myself and other people to real to remember that we're all in the veil? We've all forgotten. And this human experience, that's the most unique oh, okay. thing about this particular creation is we've forgotten.
1: We swam through the river of forgetfulness. Yeah. yeah,
0: we're here. We forgot. We're one with the creator. And this is, it's going to be so easy once we get past the veil of forgetting. But the part that makes it hard is the part that helps us excel so fast. We're, mm-hmm. We are in a, a crunch, a... a um, it's that called when you have to study really hard uh before the, the class that you do those those courses, whatever that's called. We're uh, at right now. Cr- cram cram.
1: Yeah, cram? Yeah,
0: we're in the cram session. This is <laughs> this our, our hundred years or left is so such a blink of an eye, such a small incarnation and it is so small because it's so intense. It's so intense, and we opted into this. Uh, for this particular reason of learning and polarizing and evolving faster, uh, and so we're all brave souls, super brave to opt in for this, and
1: oh for sure,
0: and so sure. super brave warrior souls, man, it's just incredible, <laughs> and I can see the biggest asshole, and and with if I keep that stuff in mind. <laughs> I can say wow. it's
1: hard. It's so hard. Right. You know,
0: they, they
1: I, you know, I was kind of taught the other day like how there's this va- like this void between like higher 4D and 5D. Um, and I was like, well, why? Like you know, like why would there be a void between those two in particular? And her response was that. Why would we want to bring the same distortions that we had in the lower dimensions into the higher ones? Like, you know, the whole idea of getting into these higher dimensions is that, and to embody them. Um, is so that we are no longer beholden, controlled, or dominated by those lower, you know, aspects of self, those 3D hooks, those forms of manipulation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, that makes sense. And then I thought, well, great, I'm screwed. <laughs> because, because I'm like, I have opinions. And it's like, you know, I... I do spend a lot of time, especially if I'm in a place of challenge with with a particular someone, you know, as much as I may write, speak some pretty, you know, (laughs) some words filled with vitriol, um, you know, I'll go into meditation afterwards and I'll just be like, you know, let's strike that from the record. I send them love. I send them peace, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But I I do find that very difficult, that, that notion of unconditional love sometimes because, you know, and, and I've gotten a lot of flack from it, particularly when I posted something when Kobe Bryant had died, you know, and, and I had made a comment that we can focus on, you know, every aspect of what his human did. But we can also mourn the divinity that was lost we can celebrate his his freedom you know that divine part that was in him you know and so many people were just like well then you know you're you're excusing what he did and i'm like i'm not excusing what his human did but what his human did and what his divinity did and what his blueprint was i don't have any freaking glue you know and and i can mourn the divinity i can i can mourn the loss of the person he ended up becoming um, you know and and not mourn like i was literally mourning because i don't really care about sports but i just made the comment and there was so much backlash because they see either a neutrality or unconditional love for all as permissing like, as though I'm saying, Ted Bundy, you know, was totally ok in what he did. And it's like, no, that's not what I'm saying. Um, you know, like that's not at all what i'm I'm suggesting. I'm merely suggesting that, you know, while his human may have done certain things, he also had a part of him that was divine, that was creator. I don't know what his blueprint was. I don't know what he came here to learn. I don't know what he came here to teach or to show the world through the actions that that very brave divine aspect of himself chose to incarnate at that time for that mission. I have no idea, but I know that there was an aspect of divinity within him. And from that standpoint, you know, I can choose to, you know, to honor that aspect and say, you know, and to honor, you know, wherever that aspect may be now, um, and and not, you know, have permiss what the man, what the earth suit, you know, what the ego, emotion, and mind, you know, of Ted Bundy, the person did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like those two things can exist simultaneously. And I don't, in my belief, and I don't know that that's a, you know, concept that everybody gets. And it's, and it's a concept I grapple with sometimes because, yeah. you know, in certain examples, it's kind of like, well, how can, you know, how can I have any sense of unconditional love in light of what I'm, I'm having to witness, you know, them do, if yeah. that makes sense
0: there's the, there's the ultimate truth and that the the ultimate truth is that we're already home and we're complete mm-hmm. and we're one and then there's the experience that we're having which is mm-hmm. i am a man or i am a woman or i am whatever all the all the um, really the sub logos all those
1: yeah tiny bits data. of creation,
0: all these little worlds that we're creating. It's not the ultimate truth. It's yeah. it's it's like Ramana Maharshi would talk about. It's the rope in the darkness that you think is a snake. Yeah. The thing is, once you see the rope is not a snake with a hint of light, you can't see it as a rope anymore. And so there's all those little pieces of my little world that's not ultimate truth, which as a light worker – it's really, it's, it's difficult to flip flop back and forth because we can flip flop in our, in our speech and be talking about the ultimate, but yet we're working with somebody that may not even have a clue of of that ultimate. And, you know, like, how could you say this doesn't matter? How could you say that I can, I can forgive and free myself? How could you say that it's okay what they've they've done? Well, i'm talking about a different world you know let's let's chunk it back down yeah and then i can just chunk 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 back down into my little <laughs> world and now i'm not in the ultimate anymore but yet i'm still playing the role of divinity when i can say i'm just going to be with you and then i can do my best to forgive and accept <laughs>
1: Right, I I call it playing the human game,
0: <laughs> imperfect, imperfectly, imperfect- you know, perfectly yeah. imperfect.
1: Yes, as Annie DeFranco would say.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's a song of hers. Uh, yeah, I call it playing the human game because one of the questions I get asked with, or get asked most, when um, you know, I'm working with people who are trying to embody you know, that those higher frequencies who are trying to embody their divinity um, in any capacity is they're like, well, does this, d- does this mean that I have to, you know, let go of certain friends or let go of certain family or that I have to, you know, do this or do that? And I always say, you know, we have to discern, you know, we, you know, we have the ability to discern you know, a girlfriend who calls me up and who has just been dumped and is losing her mind and emotional probably doesn't want to hear me rhapsodize about how this could all be for the better. And this is, you know, you know, in, in the grand scheme of reality, this is just, you know, an uh, an illusion of an experience, like that's not going to resonate with her at that moment, you know, but I also don't want to lower my frequency. So I have to consciously make the decision to say, you know what, I'm going to hold space for you. I'm going to give you the space to say and speak and do what you need to do and, and do it like, be like, mm-hmm, yeah, okay. You know, maybe throw in a have you considered this or have yeah. you considered that if I feel it's safe. Um, but that's kind of to me playing the human game where I live in a different world and I choose to, to, you know, Attempt to live in a different frequency. I'm, I'm still human, so I'm not always where I want to be. but you know, I don't I can make the conscious choice to engage in this world from the, that same higher frequency and that same different space and yet still continue to be you know part of the lives of the people who matter to me. Even Absolutely. if they don't. And it goes know. back to your intention,
0: right? What's your intention of being with that person?
1: Exactly. Uh, in the
0: end, we, as a healer, we don't heal. The healer is not the healer. The healer is just the conduit, the conduit. The the I mean, it's the healer is just like a pyramid, really. It's just a focuser of energy. And the one being mm-hmm. healed is always exactly. the healer. They're the always the one that are willing to accept the new energetic structure and release the old one. And so that's mm. forgiveness is so essential in healing. You have to let go of that yeah. thing that you are holding on to. We are the creators of not only the world unfolding, but but of our physical form. And Jesus yeah. always said that was one of his most common things after he was healed is your faith made you well. He he never proclaimed I'm the healer, I, I want to heal you uh, you know it's yeah. always faith your faith made you well your faith made you well and don't tell anybody about this which <laughs> was strange right and followers are like come on no no tell everybody the mystery
1: schools yeah. yeah
0: so here i am uh as uh, a healer as uh, a light worker and i can't heal anybody and i can't save anybody it's like <laughs> damn it that's what i was doing this for yeah yeah but but how beautiful is that though right Cause then it's, I'm not healing anyway. I'm not doing anything really, except. You're
1: just letting it do its job. Yeah, I'm letting it do it and,
0: and I'm leading by my own attention, which according to so many sages, it's already set. The, the work is already done. Yeah. It's already done. And I think, I think mm-hmm. I'm playing this role and I think I'm making my decisions and I think I'm making my thoughts and I think I'm planning and I think I'm being obedient and I think I'm being courageous and it's all done. It's all finished already and it ends well. That's the good news.
1: Yeah, and and that's one of the things that I I have found the most is that sometimes the intention and the consciousness behind anything we do, be it healing, be it what we say, how we go about our day, um, a choice we make you know, intention and consciousness can sometimes be so much more important than the act itself,
0: Yeah.
1: you know, in a, in a great number of ways.
0: Mm. All right, Laura, well, tell me, tell us, what would you say to us? First of all, what, what does the infinite creator, what does the divine divinity itself want us to know? Mm.
1: that we're love-supported and we're not alone, we're not separate. You know, I feel that a common theme anytime when I was even doing my own work and even now is that awareness that in order for pieces of source to break off or however you perceive it, you know, that we're all source, you know, creator, source, light, consciousness, etc. cetera. There had to be the veil of illusion. There had to be that veil of separatism so that we could come back into remembrance. And in in embodiment of that, we are capable, I mean, we truly become boundless because we know we're supported and we know that we are creator incarnate and we know that you know you know for others for ourselves for Gaia for everything and everyone we have the capacity to be boundless Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and to know that I may not know the step to take but i know the moment i lift my foot and put it down it's going to land on solid ground mm. and every single step i take from that point forward will be will will just continue to lead me in the path that i'm meant to be led in mm. and i need to let go of the notion of my being in control which is really ego Um, negative ego to be specific, you know, because not all ego is necessarily bad. Um, But I think that's been the greatest lesson that source and divinity has taught me is that faith and trust and knowing that wherever we go, they're going to rise to meet us. What's within us of them is going to rise to meet us and align things accordingly is going to happen.
0: Hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. And so it is,
1: and so it is. <laughs>
0: well, thank you so much for uh, for making this happen. I appreciate you. Yeah. Uh, you reaching out, um, and so just to remind everybody again, Laura Brown, that the podcast is your cosmic tour guide. Sounds very fun, very mm-hmm. cosmicy. We certainly had a mm-hmm. cosmic journey in this conversation. And your website is intuitivealchemy.co, correct?
1: That is correct. correct.
0: Intuitivealchemy.co. But
1: I'm sure most of your listeners know, but when I post this for my podcast and post it on YouTube and everything else, um, please tell everybody where they can find you and what you're doing next what they can expect from you um and anything else you know
0: yeah uh you can find me at javonpera.com j-e-v-o-n-p-e-r-r-a.com that kind of has what what whatever going on awake with javon this is a podcast i'm doing pretty regularly um i wrote a book it's called the captain it's a spiritual allegory so that's on amazon and kindle and audible, all those things. Um, I have another book was more of a life coach type book. Um, it's one of those books that, um, I'm like, well, yeah, I did it. <laughs> you could skip that one though, but that was out there too. Um, and, and, uh, just making stuff up. I have, I have a day job. I'm in, I'm in home loan financing, which is funny. I call myself a, a, uh, a, a um, conscious mortgage advisor. <laughs> made up that term everybody's like do you mean conscientious I'm like no i mean conscious
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so uh which you means
1: know, those that work from with you are are definitely lucky in that world
0: <laughs> yeah it's a great thing it's uh well and that, i think this is our this is our call to be where we are and um so we'll we'll see what what happens what what unfolds as the roller coaster continues
1: <laughs> exactly feels like a roller coaster right especially this year <laughs> well thank you so much for um being willing to accept my invitation and to have this conversation i know i've learned uh, quite a bit um and I, ironically i have the law one um on my kindle it's been sitting there and i've you know it's i'm one thing. of those that reads like 10 books at a time but yeah. i that
0: one I is i feel good. like what's that it's a beast of a, of a project. It's really, yeah. It's, I, I love yeah. it though. It's wonderful words, wonderful language.
1: Yeah. and But I think that's because I'm, I'm, I'm so like, you know, depending on my mood, I'm reading this, I'm reading that. And I think there's a part of me that knows like, you're going to read this, but it's <laughs> going to be when you are capable of reading it and rereading it and really taking it in and absorbing it so um so again i thank you because i've i've learned so much and um you know it's just a joy and honor to get the opportunity to speak with you and to hear your wisdom and to share your wisdom with my listeners um because i i feel that they're definitely going to benefit in extraordinary ways
0: yeah, wonderful, and I, and I my hope uh, the the ver- the reason for the podcast is so that we can discover guides that point the way, and so that's my hope is more people discover uh, discover you discover Laura Brown the healer <laughs> how wonderful is discover, that
1: discover the path because you know not everybody is for everybody so you yeah. know to find that person that speaks your language and you know, hones in, you know, you're going to know who resonates and who doesn't. So I think that that's a beautiful mission.
0: Yes. All right. (laughs) Well, talk to you hopefully soon.
1: Very soon.